All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 28 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. Another online edition. I'm Brock Segan. We got Dylan D. Berthume. We got Michael Biebs Bondi. D, how's it going, bud? Looks like you are doing this report outside of a... Uh, a school got the yeah. brick background behind you. Yeah, I thought it. Uh, I thought it looked nice. I thought it brings out uh, the color of my eyes. Absolutely. Um, but Brick, yeah, no man, doing Brick's good. Do that. Happy to be here. Um, gearing up pre All Star break, and then I don't know, man. Season's just gonna fly by after that. It's gonna be like what three weeks to the deadline from there, and then about four yeah. or five weeks left of fantasy puck after that, and. Yeah, it's going to be gone before we know it. So just got to drink it in and enjoy the good old times while we're in them, you know? I don't know if there's ever been a season that's gone by faster than this one. It seems like the season just started. It seems like I was doing my draft kit. It was October. I'd argue yeah, because I'm working with you, Brock. COVID yeah, season? It's, uh, yeah. a little faster. No, it's because it's I'm working with Brock, and he uh, he's just enjoying his time with Biebs so much. That's what it is. It just makes things go by a little bit quicker every day. Uh, yeah, no, I knew that. I never thought that I'd look forward to an all-star game until now that it affects our job and we get a couple days off. Yeah. So let's go all-star game. The all-star break wow. is the best part of the season for me, for sure. Absolutely. This is our Christmas. It's kind of like, so yeah, we're, we get Christmas off. We're here. Yeah. Mid-season Christmas isn't too, too bad, but all right. Um, today's show, we are going to be absolutely ripping through some waiver wire pickups top to bottom. 
the one requirement was that every player had to be under 30% owned and obviously more than 0% owned. Um, but yeah, we've got a number of centers. We've got left wingers. We've got right wingers. We've got defensemen. we got goalies. We're going to be rolling through them. And then at the end of the show, we've obviously got D's streamers as well. So uh, let's start with the centers. We're going to be going through them in order by own percentage. And the first one is Anton Lindell of the Florida Panthers, currently sitting at 28% owned. And uh, he is strict center, but currently playing on the top line for the Florida Panthers next to Alexander Barkov and Sam Reinhart. Lundell comes in with six points, three goals, three assists in his last six games. Over that time, he's averaged 18.07 time on ice, and he's got 3.3 shots on goal per game. So three goals on 20 shots, shooting 15%, playing on that top line with Barkov seems to be fitting in there pretty well. And, uh, you know, with Sam Bennett being out, you know, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be long-term could be back uh, as soon as tomorrow. So I don't think we expect too much of a line shuffle there. So Lundell should continue to skate uh, with Alexander Barkov. I guess the only issue with him guys is just the, the lack of, of top power play unit exposure. Beebs, what do yeah. you got on, uh, on, on Lundell? No, I'd like to shout out Lundell cause he actually did us a favor and fell down 2% in his, uh, in his own percentage just to get on the show, which was pretty nice. Cause he was actually at 30% yesterday. Pretty crazy. When you talk about the injuries that have happened, um, you mentioned it though, he, he, he doesn't touch the power play, but he does just about everything else. And when, when he's putting up nearly 20 minutes a night, which he has three or two of his last three games, it, it's quite exciting. Uh, I think we're looking at a guy who managed to put up a good amount of points last year in a very limited role. So now that he's playing a little bit more, moving up the lineup, I've kind of been waiting, waiting basically 100 games in his career for this. So it's great to see now. Uh, I know personally I got him in two leagues and going to be holding on to him. He is probably my favorite name on this on this uh, this list. He also is currently playing right wing, so he's going to have that eligibility really soon, hopefully. Uh, I think it should be about a couple more games, and, uh, and then he'll be filling a couple different holes in just strict center. But... As far as upside goes and people on a first line um, that don't play on the power play, he's probably probably my favorite name because you know how much we love power play people. We are going to talk about about 30 names today, but Biebs is just getting out getting out front of it. His favorite name on the board is Anton he actually, Lindell. He actually, maybe not the favorite, but he's, he's a top three. Uh, when Brock, Brock threw out this whole list, this was actually the one name that I was like, we got to get this out there. So here we are, my boy Anton. Next up, we've got Kirby Dock, center right wing eligible for the Montreal Canadiens, currently sitting at 22% owned. He's got eight points, five goals, three assists in his last nine games, starting to heat up, playing 19-27 per game, similar to what we saw out of him when he was in Chicago, just playing massive, massive minutes. 21 shots, 2.3 shots on goal per game in that span, nine games, uh, shooting 23.8%. Certainly not somebody I'm in love with, but you know, it's weird. You know, They lose Caulfield. They've got all these other injuries. The Montreal Canadiens, you know, look like a team that every single night are just going to get the wheels beat off them. And they've been really competitive. Like even tonight, you know, the Red Wings aren't the best team in the league. That's, that's for sure. But playing them to a three, three game right now. And um, they just seem to be competitive, played pretty good against Boston the other night. So um, with all those injuries, coffee low for the year, somebody is going to have to step up. Kirby doc looks like somebody that can do that. Um, center right wing eligible, as mentioned, Mikel Backlund of the Calgary flames is next, just center eligible, 17% owned. Nine points, three goals, six assists in his last 13 games, averaging 17, 14 time on ice. The really, really impressive number for Mikel Backlund is the 53 shots on goal, 4.1 shots per game, and he's shooting just 5.7% over that stretch. D, you play a lot of DFS with me, and you use the DFO DFS charts. And this line, every single night, grades out as one of the best offensive lines in the entire NHL. And while they're listed as the third line, obviously, on daily faceoff, 
no third line really plays quite as much as the Mikel Backman, Andrew Mangiapane, Blake Coleman line. Sometimes they end up leading the Flames in ice time in, in a given game. So, uh, you know, the absolute offensive dominance and the shot volume has got to be something that you like with Mikel Backlund. Yeah, it's great to see. Um, you know, you wish he got better matchups on a regular basis, I guess, because, you know, they're not looking to get him uh, the cushier matchups for, for them to really go off and uh, rack up as many shots and, you know, and turn points as possible. It's It's more about um matching them up and, and getting them up against the other team's best line as, as much as possible so the fact that you know they're still able to dominate play the way they are it's super super impressive i you know i've been a fan of backman for a number of years less than a fantasy perspective he's kind of more like a the philip deneau type right kind of the guy we always go back to but uh just a terrific 5v5 hockey player tremendous in his own end getting out of his own end and breaking into the uh opponent's zone as well and uh, maintaining possession and uh this year really just driving the puck towards the net uh, and getting more shots off than than we've ever seen from him. So uh, it's super encouraging for sure. I, I just think his upside is pretty capped because of the matchups he gets at 5, 5v5 on a regular basis and because he's not getting uh, that top power play time. It's hard to imagine uh, a route for him to get on there anytime soon uh, unless you know we see some sort of injury to the likes of Kadri, Hubert Otafoli, or Lindholm. So I do think he's going to be pretty relegated to the second unit. Um, but yeah, so I, I think... Barring an injury, his, his upside's probably pretty capped. But at the same time, like he's shooting just 5.9%. You would expect that to be up a little bit higher. He is a career 8.4% shooter. Um, so, you know, not uh, what we would call a strong finisher by any means. But this volume shooting uh, should make him a regular goal threat. More than anything, I, I think he's a great streamer target and a guy to kind of bounce uh, on and off the bottom of your roster in standard leagues. Because, you know, we love him in DFS. He's, he's a decent bet um, to get you a, a goal or even an assist uh couple points on on any given night if the matchup's right yeah for me it's just uh kind of like you said like we've seen it so many times before um and, and maybe makes a good pickup th- that night but I, I won't go much further yeah he's he's definitely just more of a streaming option with that shot volume you can kind of rely on them especially in points leagues to to at least get you you know a couple points on the night philip heidel comes in next 12 percent owned surprisingly 11 points seven goals four assists in his last 10 games Playing just 50, uh, under, under 15 minutes per night, but 2.9 shots on goal per game, 29 shots overall, shooting 24.1% over that stretch. So definitely catching a little bit of a heater. But I think one thing that's interesting to note about Philip Heidel and really this entire Rangers third line, they're more of their second line now, but you've got Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, um, and Mika Zibanejad all playing together on the top line. And now you've seen this, this kid line, as they like to call them, move into more of a second line role. So, um, you know, maybe this is the step that you, we needed to see for, from Heidel and Lafreniere and Kako, maybe you know, a little bit more minutes that, you know, we've seen them play together before and be pretty successful. So I think that um, I, I'm certainly not rushing to the waiver wire for Philip Heidel at the moment. Uh, we're going to talk about Lafreniere a little bit later as well. I don't think these are guys I'm really rushing on at the moment, but I think it's uh, um, something worth monitoring here because it looks like, especially if they decide to go with Panarin, Kreider and Zibanejad on that top line moving forward, then, you know, the added minutes here for Heidel, Lafreniere and Kako could be uh, big for them moving forward. Uh, Biebs, something to add on Heidel? Yeah, um, you kind of mentioned it, but it's great to see these trends where with the more ice, the more shots are coming um, just because the, the, this guy's got uh, four last seven games. That's pretty nice, especially when you're doing stuff like DFS or just, just potting a guy in for one night, looking to steal a category. That's going to lead to goals, even if you know he doesn't shoot 20% um, for the rest of the year, even if he brings that down to 10%. It's good for a little popping, like you said. Um, not jumping at the wire at this guy, but uh, but makes a nice fill-in if you need someone. And uh, and, and kind of it's cool to see where this kid line can go. And if it does get a little bit hotter, it could definitely see ourselves. Do you see anything else to add on the handle? 
Uh, no, I agree. I, one that I'm definitely keeping an eye on. You definitely want to see him uh, move up the lineup. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Trocek gets bumped down or at least his minutes get pulled back a little bit because he continues to get really heavy minutes um, and the production just really hasn't been there. Uh, hasn't been great at 5v5 either. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a chance Heidel moves further up this lineup. And even if he's just playing with Kreider at that point and, and getting some more minutes, it's, it's definitely one to watch because his returns, uh, you know, 28 points in 40 games this season while playing just 14 minutes a night. Super, super impressive. Uh, so, yeah, definitely one to watch for now. Next on the list, definitely more uh, of a, a deeper league, keeper league, uh, these next two targets at center. Uh, the first is going to be Ridley Gregg, center eligible for the Ottawa Senators, just 1% owned. We saw him make his NHL debut on Wednesday. He came up from the, uh, the AHL after posting 23 points, 12 goals, 11 assists in 28 games. Uh, filling in for Josh Norris now. Josh Norris getting season-ending shoulder surgery. Uh, Shane Pinto, I think probably a better fit on that Senators third line. Greg, a little bit more of an offensive threat um, that fits probably a little bit better with Debrinkat and Giroux. And the early returns were absolutely terrific. He scored a goal in his NHL debut. He had eight shots on goal in just 13 minutes and 45, 46 seconds of ice time. So, uh, do we have a new favorite? Uh, do we have a new favorite guy on the show? Yeah, I, I mean, if he can maintain this shot volume, obviously would become a, a fan favorite for sure. But uh, in deeper leagues, in, in dynasty leagues, and keeper leagues, I think he's somebody worth adding. And obviously, the Senators, I think, still kind of um, you know are, are a team that probably wants to try to push for the playoffs. You know, they went out and made a lot of offseason acquisitions, and I think that they're a team that you know would like to at least try to make a run. And with Josh Norris out, they're going to have to. Uh, give Greg this chance, and I, I think he's probably here to stay. So with Dynasty Keeper Leagues, he's definitely somebody worth keeping an eye on um, in, the, in the upcoming weeks here. Cody Glass next, uh, center right wing eligible for the Nashville Predators, 1% owned as well. 14 points, he scored a goal uh, again tonight. 14 goal, or sorry, 14 points, five goals, nine assists in his last 19 games, um, that 19th game being tonight. So who knows? He could be up to 15, 16 points if he continues to roll tonight. But averaging just over 14 minutes per night over that stretch, but we've seen the time on ice rise a little bit as of late. He's centering the top line with Philip Forsberg um, and Matt Duchesne. So that's uh, obviously, you know, as good of a spot as you can play in that Nashville Predators lineup. Shot volume still relatively low, 36 shots on goal over that time. 1.9 shots per game for him. D, Ridley Greg, Cody Glass, which do you prefer moving forward? Uh, if I had to pick right now, I would go Glass. I just think there's more uncertainty uh, around Ridley. Uh, it was a really impressive debut. You know, eight shots definitely turned our head. He did only have nine shot attempts. I don't say only. That's still a really good return for a single game, but hitting the net eight out of nine times, not super sustainable. Obviously, there's a lot of room for that to fall, um, and it'd still be very impressive, that shot volume. But obviously, just... Yeah, a lot more uncertainty there. You got to love the fact that Glass is getting the minutes on the top line already. Johansson's obviously had a pretty tough season, so wouldn't be shocked uh, if his spot on that top power play unit is in jeopardy as well. So I do think there's some opportunity for Glass's role to um, increase even further. And yeah, another guy that's just a really high pick and hasn't really gotten a full run um, to this point, at least not in a team's top six, couldn't really get out of the bottom six in Vegas there. Um, so yeah, I, I think he, to me would be the one I go after right now, uh, just because, you know, he's going to be getting those heavy minutes, uh, moving forward where, and we got more of a game or more than a game to, to work off of in terms of the sample size. Yeah. As you mentioned, just a reminder, the number six overall pick in 2017. And as I mentioned, uh, under seven or under 15 minutes a night over his last 19 games, but coming into tonight in his last five games, he's been North of 15 and a half minutes a night. So the, the, the minutes are certainly on the rise for Cody glass. So D of the center group there, who is your, your favorite? Is it Anton Lindell? Yeah, I think it's got to be if, if he's there and he's available. Um, 
after that, I, I think it's kind of a bit of a, a bit of a crapshoot. It just depends on what you're looking for. Like I said, short-term value. I think Backwind's always a solid play. Um, Doc would probably be along the same lines, but more matchup dependent because the Habs are, you know, routinely outworked by any team that's above mediocre. So, um, but yeah, you got to love the ice time he's getting there. Don't forget he was a third overall pick just a few years ago. So certainly still some un- unscratch or potential to be, you know, some, some further upside there. Um, and then Heidel, like I said, I, I really just want to watch right now. I want to see him get that extra opportunity and then glass and, and Ridley would probably be the bottom kind of the consolation prizes and, and more for deep leagues, um, or dynasty formats. I will say as much as I do have Lindell as my favorite doc is right behind him. Uh, another high end, high end prospect, one who's playing top minutes and one that's actually on the top power play. I'm just a little worried. You know, Montreal is just one cold streak away from kind of being any player relevant on that team. And without Caulfield there, it's, it's a little ugly, but no, uh, doc playing 24 minutes a night. We love that. Things we like to see beautiful. So those are your centers. Let's move into the left wingers here. We're going to start with Jared McCann from the Seattle Kraken, 23% owned center left wing eligible. So probably could have factored in on the center section of the show. Uh, 18 goals, eight assists, 26 points in his last 31 games, a little bit of a bigger sample. I kind of just kept going further and further back. And it's like, man, this guy just has been putting up points pretty consistently for a while now. Um, not the best ice time, 15-27 per game, 64 shots on goal over that stretch, which is 2.1. So the main concern here with Jared McCann is obviously the 28.1% shooting percentage over that stretch. Obviously a little bit alarming. Um, next, we've got Alexi Lafreniere. Just really quickly want to mention him at left wing, right wing, eligible 18%. It's kind of hard to ignore these top end prospects. Um, when they start to get going, it's just he, he's just always seems to maybe be te- taking a step forward and then takes a step back and you know, it, it, it's, it's re it's ended up with him at 18%. Like it, you know, I blame Nathan McKinnon for taking three years to do anything. Yeah, true. He, uh, like Lafreniere is just like every single time it looks like he's getting going. It just kind of slows down again. But like I said, I think this is a line that's worth keeping an eye on here. Um, if they do start to see that second line minutes consistently, I think he's somebody that could probably, uh, do a little bit of damage. Adam Would Henry- you rather have him or uh, yeah, you get out of the three, which, Lafreniere, McCann, or Henrique? Or sorry, um, on that line, that, that oh, Rangers line. That's tough. Like probably, I don't know. Honestly, I, none, <laughs> yeah, of, I think none of them really. Laugh. I don't really know. None of them really at the moment. Like oh, I, I kind no, of. No, if you had you to know, have one, probably Lafreniere or Kako. Just you know, I guess Heidel's got right wing eligibility too. Heidel's the hottest, so it's yeah. tough. Like they're all, they're all like look okay. And they all look like, I don't want them anywhere near my roster at the same time. But I, like I said, like, I'm just going to keep saying that they're one to keep an eye on. Uh, Kako's a little bit tougher to own just because he doesn't shoot very much. So, so I, I think at the moment I would lean Heidel, the 2.9 shots on goal per game um, is the best of the bunch at the moment. So I'll lean Heidel at the moment, but like, I mean, like I said, it could change in an instant. It could be none of the three here in, in due time, but if they keep playing, it could be all three of them by, by two weeks from now. Uh, Adam Henrique's next on the, on the list, also center left wing eligible, just 12% owned, 12 points, eight goals, four assists in his last 13 games. Pretty remarkable for that Ducks team. That Ducks team's offense seems to be waking up a little bit. We've seen some decent numbers out of Henrique, some decent numbers out of Zegris, Terry, Mason McTavish. So, uh, the rest yeah, of the team, though. Yeah, that's okay. As long as the top end guys are getting the job done, it's it's classic. Somebody's got to score goals. And Henrique's been one of the, the, the main contributors as of late. As I said, 12 in his last 13, 18, 36 time on ice per game, 27 shots on goal over that stretch for 2.1 shots per game. D, D anything to add on Adam Henrique? Yeah, I, I think he's a great pickup right now. He's playing a ton. The shot volume's up of late. Uh, and like you said, that line's been really clicking. Zegris really seems to be coming into his own. 
I think we might be looking at a real breakout there in the second half of the season. Obviously, already talked about how I like McTavish the rest of the way as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm into the Ducks top line right now, and he's just playing so much. The shot volume's there, um, and he's had you know such a good track record of producing when uh, one given given the ice time and the opportunity, and two given some sort of you know decent quality of line mates to work with. So. Uh, yeah, I, I even just look at what he did last year, 19 goals, 23 assists, 42 points in 58 games. So I think this is a guy that can, again, be a bottom of the roster guy. You can kind of move him on and off your roster as needed. But if you're, you know, if you're in some injury trouble right now and you just need someone that, you know, is going to be playing reliable minutes and reliable power play time, albeit on a team with a pretty dormant power play, uh, I still think, yeah, he's a he's a really good pickup right now. Pretty confident too in him staying on that line. Just he's that veteran presence. He's that guy who can help these young players. Um, so that bodes well for him. And a goal. And they really haven't guy. changed that line all year. Like the Not only change all, yeah. they've made has been McTavish instead of Zegris. Um, but Zegris, you know, has also kind of been bumped up there in a pinch as well. And, and Zegris has been doing pretty well on that second line. Um, it solidified their second line breaking those two up because Strom and Vetrano together were getting absolutely buried on a night to night basis. So Zegris with with Strom has really kind of solidified that top six and made them a little bit better. Uh, the last name on the list here for the left wingers is Ely Tolvanen at 10% owned. He's somebody we've talked about for a few weeks now. He's somebody that I personally really liked. I think you guys have as well for a long time. He's I've drafted always, this man twice. Yeah, just always hoping he's going to get that opportunity in Nashville. It never happened. Ends up going to Seattle. And since arriving in Seattle, he's got eight points, six goals, two assists in 13 games with the Kraken. He's averaged 14.35 time on ice over that stretch, 2.3 shots per game, 30 shots overall. Um, the 1435 is a little bit misleading because in his last seven games, we've really started to see that Yanni Gord, uh, Ely Tolvan and Oliver Bjorkstrand line uh, see more and more minutes and they're playing extremely, extremely well. They had a huge night yesterday against Vancouver. So in his last seven games, he's averaged over 16 and a half minutes a night, 16, sorry, 16, 22, just under 16 and a half. Um, you know, we've seen him play 17 minutes on, on night. So I think the minutes are starting to arrive. We know that this man has an absolutely lethal shot. We've seen him contribute on the power play as well. Uh, two power play goals of his six thus far. So I think there's a lot to like about Tolvanen. Um, we're going to talk about Oliver Bjorkstrand here shortly as well. You know, D, I always know that you are uh, you're a Yanni Gord truther. Absolutely love the guy. And like that line's really, really clicking right now. And, uh, you know, we've been Tolvanen fans. We've been Gord fans. We've seen uh, been Bjorkstrand fans. Now, all three of them together, gelling, playing well. You just lost. <laughs> yeah, i love to see it. I think in redraft leagues, I-, I would rather the other two simply because they're getting more ice still. Um, and like I said, obviously just a little bit better of a track record. Tolvanen's a guy that, you know, we expected to maybe see a bit of a breakout after the 21-22 season last year when he, you know, ripped 151 shots in 75 games. Obviously, uh, things went south in, in Nashville got waived so here we are but i i, I think um yeah I, I like i said i'd rather gord or, or jork strand tolvanen for me probably more of a, a deeper target at this moment in time but having said that like it's another one where you just have to kind of keep an eye on him because um he had great shot volume and limited minutes last year we've never really seen him get an extended opportunity or role uh, in the top six it didn't happen in nashville it hasn't happened quite yet in seattle like you said that third line is getting more and more minutes which is great uh, and, but I do just think there's a chance for his ice time just to improve further. And that's when I'd be interested, see what he can do at 17, 18 minutes a night. Um, because yeah, the shot volume, like I said, last year, really impressive at while playing just 13 minutes a night. So, uh, one to watch. Actually surprising last night, uh, Tolvin, that Tolvin in line was the most played line on five, five for Seattle. So good, good to see him, uh, out there, I guess from wave to most played line on five, in five, it was a blowout, no, right? So it might've been, that's exactly it. But, uh, yeah, yeah that, that might've helped. 
give but LA. You know what? That, that line, honestly, it, I think they lead that they team were time. You know, uh, you know, a decent amount. Like it's gonna, it's not gonna be the you know the last time we For see sure. that. Um, especially with that second line kind of being like the Wenberg line. Like I think at this point, you can probably safely call the Gord line their second line more than anything. Yeah. Um, and then you're looking at at like Wenberg with especially when Jaden Schwartz is out as well with Wenberg and um, Jared McCann seeing a little bit less ice time than the rest. All right, uh, let's move to the right wingers here. Victor Olofsson, otherwise known as Victor Golofsson, right wing <laughs> eligible for the Buffalo Sabres, just currently 24% owned, 10 points. Shockingly, nine of them goals in his last 11 games. This man hates to pass the puck, but loves to shoot. 32 shots on goal, 2.9 shots per game. Alarmingly, shooting 28.1% and is playing just 15, uh, 42 time on ice per game. But the man shoots the puck. The man's got a cannon. Um, You know, I I talked about a few weeks back. uh, Ottinger, like, fell over the other night. Yeah, trying to get to it. Yeah, yeah. He, he, the uh, the cousins Quinn Paterka line it was one that was just absolutely cooking there in December, but they've kind of been relegated to more fourth line duty in terms of minutes. You see a lot more minutes for this this Victor Olsen line. You see a lot more minutes for the Peyton Krebs fourth line as well. So uh, the minutes have certainly been you know pretty solid for for Golovsin. I don't know how sustainable this production is, but a, a guy with that good of a shot shooting two point nine times per game, he's going to score some goals. Um, so to me, if, if you're kind of in, in a league where goals count more than assists, he's definitely more useful there. Or also if you just have a team that's, you know, maybe just in need of some goals, maybe you've got uh, a team with Henrik Sedin and Nicholas Backstrom on it. That's not putting up any goals and you just need uh, some added goals. Um, man, remember when, when Henrik Sedin would just score like 11 goals with 80 assists every year. Incredible. Yeah. But D anything to add on goal, on goals. Yeah. Just again, I, Someone that I, I think is a great pickup because he can, like you said, Brock, they're getting more minutes to that third line. He's seeing more power play time. He's getting the shots off, and obviously the puck's going in for him right now. Um, so I think he's a great pickup in, in the short term because he's proven that you know he can still be a, a pretty serious goal threat even in that kind of limited ice time. And really for me, I'm just hoping to see him get the bump up and playing with Dylan Cousins. We've seen you know Jack Quinn get scratched at points already this year. Obviously, you know JJ Paterka. I don't think he's locked into that role by any means at all. Although I, I know they like him as well, and they've been impressed yeah, in the minors. Like what he's doing. Ago. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, but Cousins has been playing so well lately that I think if Olsen could even just get a bump up to that line, it would make his production a lot more reliable and it would help the assist totals climb up a little bit. Because I do think that's really just a factor of who he's been playing with this season. It's really kind of new for him last year, 20 goals, 29 assists. Um, and every season before this, he's had more assists than goals. So definitely is a shoot first guy. But when he's played with talent before in Buffalo, um, the assists have been there. But, you know, obviously when you're skating with the likes of Tyson Yost and Casey Middlestad, um, probably not going to rack up the apples like you know he hasn't this year. So I, I think if he gets to at least playing with Cousins, um, the assist can climb up a little bit, and then we can you know kind of reliably hold on to him week to week. But in the meantime, great short term option to get you some goals, and like I said, certainly some upside if he moves up. Unfortunately, that first line just appears to be set in stone. I don't think there's any way he uh, bumps Skinner or Tuck off of Tage Thompson's wings unless there's an injury. Yeah, just for some clarification, um, Paterka, Quinn both did get demoted to the AHL, uh, but those were just paper transactions for one game because they were trying to carry the three goalies. So I don't think either one of those guys are in danger of, no. of losing their their roster spot anytime soon. But it would be nice if you you know if Golson did move up. Cousins, I think, could use some more ice time. You obviously want to play Cousins as much as possible, and then getting getting uh, Golson a little bit of added. Uh, assist help would, would be beneficial, but Beavs, anything to add here on, on Victor? Yeah, it just sucks that, you know, that there is that, the power play one 
the first liner that stuck that they're there. Um, the really realistically, the only person who could come out is Dylan cousins and, and he's got the center locked down. So they're not going to pull him there. Olsen on pace for 38 and a half goals. Not often you could get that on off the waiver wire. So definitely, like you said, if you need goals, he's a great, uh, great addition. One of the best on the list. Cole Perfetti next at 21% for the Winnipeg Jets, left wing, right wing, eligible nine points. Um, I believe in his last nine games, I forgot to write it down, but he's been been heating up a little bit. Uh, 13 shots on goal, 1.4 shots per game is the real issue here uh, with Cole Perfetti. But the one spot you know that you'd want to play in that lineup is at the top with Dubois and with Kyle Connor. When he's not there, he's usually with Mark Shifley as well. So uh, Perfetti's kind of been a guy that we, we've talked about uh, bouncing around this lineup or in the, around this top six and being pretty productive. Yeah, nine points in his last nine games. So the production has been pretty solid. The ice time kind of varies. You see him around 17 minutes some games. You see him around 14 minutes in the next game. So, uh, you know, as long as he's in that top six role, as long as he's seeing some power play usage as well, I think Perfetti um, is at least a reasonable streaming option. Maybe not somebody that you're going to carry long term, but he, he can be serviceable in the short term. Biebs' boy, Nick Schmaltz. Uh, I might have to click mute on Biebs' mic here just so wow. he doesn't pop off about Nick Schmaltz. Center right wing eligible for the Arizona Coyotes, 14% owned. But to Biebs' credit, 20 points in his last 23 goal- games, five goals, 15 assists over that span, 46 shots on goal, two, point shot, uh, two shots per game, playing over 20 minutes a night over that stretch. So I don't even think I need to ask Biebs, what do you got to say about Nick Schmaltz? Did you guys hear what Brock just said about Nick Schmaltz? That's all I have to say about Nick Schmaltz. Get that ownership up. <laughs> Every Jeez. week, just screaming for this man's ownership. And he's uh, going down. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he still plays for the Arizona Coyotes. But no, that, to, to uh, you know, to their credit, that top line since bumping Barrett, hating up to that top line with Keller, with Schmaltz, they've been a lot more productive uh, than playing with Travis Boyd. I'm not sure that that's a huge <laughs> surprise, but it, it's worked out, uh, you know, pretty well for them uh, recently. So, Nick Schmaltz currently 14% owned. Biebs wants to see that up over 20 by the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, we recently just spoke about him. Two goals last night against the Canucks on four shots. He's an absolute shot volume god. Over his last 16 games, he has 10 points, six goals, four assists with 44 shots on goal. That is 2.75 shots per game. He's playing over 15 minutes a night. But as we said recently, the last you know handful of games, if you go back to the middle of January, he's averaging over 16 and a half minutes a night over his last seven. So we talked about how this Gord line, you know, is seeing increased minutes at the moment. Um, and as long as that continues, I think Bjorkstrand will continue to be pretty productive. D, you already said that you'd rather have Bjorkstrand over Tolvanen. Yeah, I, I think we have to cap our expectations here because we've seen what Bjorkstrand can do on, you know, when he gets the heavy minutes on, without, you know, uh, otherworldly talent around him. I, that's exactly what happened last year in Columbus. Uh, and he was really serviceable. He had 28 goals, 29 assists in 80 games. So nothing that's going to win you your league, but uh, can certainly add some nice depth uh, and goal scoring depth if he does uh, end up getting those minutes. Shoots the puck a lot as well. So there's some additional value there in points leagues and obviously just makes the goal scoring all that more reliable. He's shooting just 7.3% this year. Uh, he's a career 11.5% shooter. So you like that to climb up a little bit more before the end of the season. Um, so yeah, he's still a guy that I think you know could scratch you know uh, a higher ceiling a little bit more potential if he got the move to a better team and was getting the minutes, but I don't really think that'll happen for him here in Seattle. But nonetheless, you know, I, I think if he is getting the 18 minutes a night or close to it, like he got last year with the blue jackets, he can at least return to being kind of that 30, 30 guy over the, the full 82 game pace. Yeah. I think it's one thing too. We got to kind of caution about is, is we were really touting him early in the season. Cause he got off to this blistering start when he was playing like 20 minutes a night. 
uh, at the top of the lineup, you know, shooting six times a game. And then we saw him kind of regress back to that like cold streak and not really playing. And then he kind of lost his job. And then we saw him basically like around 12 minutes a night sometimes, which that's just, you know, doesn't make any sense. So it's good to see him finding a, a consistent line here that's played very well. And you should imagine, you would imagine that his ice time uh, should continue to be pretty reliable moving forward. And then it wouldn't be a show if I didn't talk about two members of the Calgary Flames third line. They are just my absolute favorite. And Blake Pickles Coleman is next on the list. He's just been so reliable on that line as well. Again, similar to uh, Michael Backlund, he's probably not somebody that you're going to, to carry for the rest of the season, but he's a terrific streaming option because he puts up points fairly regularly. His shot volume is absolutely terrific. 42 shots in his last 13 games. That's 3.2 shots per game. He has eight points, four goals, four assists over that stretch. You know, the other good thing about this line, if you're playing a league that's categories with plus minus as well, I mean, they just don't get scored against. They go out there, they score goals, they don't give up anything. So they're going to help you in that category as well. So you're never going to get a 40 goal season from Blake Coleman, but you're going to get kind of reliable production and the shot volume is always going to be there. Uh, D. Yeah, I think um, he can be super valuable in the right league, right? So you just got to know your league here in more kind of basic formats where you're just going goals, assists, um, you know, plus minus power points, things like that. Very basic stats. Uh, probably no reason to pick up Blake Coleman, but if you're in a points league that, uh, you know, gives points for shots, block shots, hits, or even just uh, a bangers league with shots and hits for categories. Uh, I, that's where I think he really can add some sneaky value. He's been uh, a little bit of a down year for him in terms of hits wise, uh, just 64 hits in 48 games, been a really reliable banger player up until this point, um, averaging over about two and a half hits uh, per game in his career. So it wouldn't surprise me if those totals kind of pick up, uh, the rest of the way a little bit. I think the biggest issue is playing with Backlund. Uh, the other team just doesn't have the puck enough for him to rack up the hits, but he is still a very physical player, and that should be a reliable part of his game the rest of the way through. And he actually picks up a decent amount of block shots, about one every other game, uh, which is a pretty good rate for a, uh, a forward. So in points leagues especially, I, I think he's a, a sneaky pickup. You know, it's actually shocking that he even has the opportunity to block any shots considering how much that line has the puck. Anyways, that is the forwards. We're going to send it over to the Blue Stones. Take a quick break here. When we get back, we're going to talk about some defensemen. Uh, more Schmaltz than you might imagine. Player, Who was? Schmaltz. Schmaltz is my favorite winger. Oh, yes. Okay, sorry. I forgot you guys got it. We already knew that. I didn't have to ask who your favorite winger is. We already <laughs> just knew. had to tell people. It was already Nick Smalls. But when we get back, we're going to talk about defensemen. We're going to talk about goalies. And then, of course, it wouldn't be a, a DFO, 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 DFO fantasy podcast unless we heard from Dylan on D's streamer. So enjoy the Blue Stones for the next 30 seconds. We'll see you back here in a few. Enjoy winning your weekend off those streamers.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 24 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. Uh, just an absolutely incredible episode for you guys today. <laughs> We're going to try to keep that going in the second I half here. Um, but yeah, I talked about the forward center, left wing, right wing that, uh, we're keeping an eye on under 30%. There hasn't been really too many, just go out and get them. I, I mean, Anton Lindell, uh, I, I like Henrique. I think he's worth a spot at the bottom of your roster. If you're looking for some help, uh, Biebs wants to marry Nick Schmaltz. Yeah. Um, but George Champerfetti also, they're all works. decent options. Uh, but I think, you know, we got a couple of decent options here on the blue line. Uh, and then certainly some, uh, legitimate options in goal as well. Uh, which, you know doesn't always happen pretty rare to find some serviceable attendees under 40 percent. so we'll get through those as well uh gonna kick it off with the blue line though brock who do you want to start off with who are you just itching to talk about i mean i'm not really itching to talk about any defensemen usually but th- there actually is some pretty serviceable names on here we're gonna start with cam fowler of the anaheim ducks just 10 percent owned six points three goals three assists in his last six games uh i believe he's already notched an assist in the first period this evening so make he that has. seven in his last seven playing 23 minutes a night playing on the top power play for the Anaheim Ducks. We talked about how that can be at times a pretty anemic power play, but there is enough talent on that line or on that power play unit that they could, you know, be around the average. You would think like that top power play unit should be pretty serviceable moving forward. So they've got, they've got some playmakers. Fowler's been solid. Uh, You know, obviously as the, you know, he's as Windsor alert as they get here. So um, yeah, I I think Cam Fowler looks like an interesting pickup. Obviously two goals, one assist the other night. Um, but he's been pretty solid all season long too. Like it hasn't been a totally uh, quiet season for this guy. If you go back into the middle of November, he's got 23 points in his last 33 games. So it's not just kind of a sudden hot streak. He's been pretty hot. He's got seven goals over that stretch as well. Shooting 13%, obviously not going to be maintained, but I mean, whenever you got a guy playing 24 minutes a night, he's shooting the pocket decent amount. He's scoring at a pretty good clip. I think he's, you know, fairly serviceable as long as you can, 
you know, take the, the slight um, over or uh, plus minus hit. Obviously, there's going to be nights where he just slight. absolutely craters you. Uh, he went through a stretch here in January where he went minus four, minus two, minus two, minus three in a four game stretch. But then against the Arizona Coyotes, he went plus four and just completely made up for it. So um, just quickly going back to that 33 game stretch, he's minus nine over that uh, over that span. So, yeah. Be, do you anything to add on uh, on <laughs> Camp Fowler? Yeah, just know your league, right? Because he definitely has value in, in the right format. And again, I'm thinking something pretty bare, you know, goals, assists. Like he can obviously really help you with the traditional counting stats. It's not too often that you can find a guy who's reliably going to give you, or a defenseman anyway, that's going to give you more than a point every other game. Uh, and Fowler will do that. Uh, and another guy, if he ever did get a move to a team with, you know, uh, a little bit more potent of a power play and, and not this perennial basement dwelling one that the Ducks have. Uh, it would certainly skyrocket his value because so much of his production comes from the power play, but he doesn't hit, he doesn't block shots, he doesn't shoot the puck a ton. So points league um, or even extended category leagues, you're probably not taking a serious look at him, probably just more of a streaming option in those formats. Uh, but yeah, got to know your league. I do think that if you're in trouble on defense, um, it, it can be worth writing off your plus minus to get him in your lineup because like I said, his, his point production is pretty rare for a blue liner. Yeah, I'm not even going to fire it over to Beebs here because he'll just yell Windsor, Windsor, Windsor seven times. And I was uh, about to say, this this <laughs> list is heavy with the Windsor fellas, fellas. Um, Mark Giordano is next, 23% owned, 10 points, Windsor. 10 points, two goals, eight assists in his last 20 games, 19-13 average time on ice, 28 shots, only 1.4 shots per game. Honestly, just he's been pretty solid. And, and, and to me, he, you know, he sees a, a little bit of power play time. Um he plays big minutes. He is on a team that scores a lot of goals and he's been kind of around it lately. So I, I don't think that he's somebody that I'm obviously rushing to the waiver wire to pick up. But I think if you, you know, recently lost anybody to injury or just kind of searching for a serviceable number four, uh, I think Giordano can kind of fit that bill. He, you know, he, he's going to be uh, probably picking up a point every other game, something like that. That team scores so many goals. So, uh, you know, obviously not the quarterback or the top power play unit, not a guy that's going to light the world on fire and win you a fantasy hockey championship. But I think that at 23% owned, I think you could do a whole lot worse. Uh, Biebs, what do you got on Mark Giordano? Oh, it's like the definition of a safe pick if you need to. He's not going to hurt you in other categories, kind of like a Cam Fowler will, but he's not going to give you those type of stats that a Cam Fowler will. So, you know, um, if you if you want to take it like it is, he's proven this year earlier with a bunch of injuries that he can be serviceable and can even move up onto the power play and top pairing. Um, I, I don't mind Giordano that much. Obviously, there's some young talent like Sandine Lilgren that are stepping in, getting more time. And that is what scares me at, at the end of the day. But um, regardless, guys giving you penalty minutes, plus minus good, decent points, and he's playing 20 minutes a night. So I don't mind him if you are just looking to fill that that defensive hole for a couple games. Yeah, I think I prefer Jake Sanderson, 29% on oh, who's next oh, on the list. All day, every day. Six points, one goal, five assists in his last 13, 23 shots on goal at 1.8 per game, averaging almost 22 minutes a night. Uh, I talked about it a little bit uh, with Ridley Gregg, and, and I talked about it a little bit last week as well. The, the Senators are a team that, you know, losing Josh Norris hurt, but if Gregg can be serviceable down the middle there, there are, they're a team that should be better in the second half. They should score more goals. Uh, Sanderson now with half a season under his belt, I think is, is a guy that a lot of people like to come into the season. I, you know, we talk about it all the time. A rookie defenseman is probably not going to be fantasy worthy, but um, I think in the second half, he could be somebody that could be solid at the bottom of your roster. 
uh, on that second power play unit, playing massive minutes, and no team scored more goals below expected in the first half of the season than the Ottawa Senators. So I, I think that this is a team that should score more goals in the second half, and I think Sanderson uh, will will have a hand in that. And, and obviously, we kind of saw it the other night to assist against the Islanders, factored in early and often. Um, and yeah, like I said, one goal, five assists in his last 13 games. So similar to like a Giordano, probably going to have about a point every other game, but I think his ceiling is a little bit better. D anything to add quickly on Sanderson? Uh, no, I, I think there's a, like a more obvious route though, to him reaching that, that further upside, it's just the Jabot injury away. Right. Whereas Giordano or Giordano, I, I don't think, uh, you know, he's probably two or three injuries away from getting any sort of power play time. I think they'd go back to the five forward look, you know, they put Sandine in there um so yeah i I don't think giordano is as close to getting that that crucial bump in power play time that could really boost his upside like sanderson is and just super super impressive a guy definitely to maybe throw on the watch list or if you're you know in an extended dynasty keeper league um one that's worth throwing throwing on the bench even with shabbat there long term um you never know how this could shape out in a few years shabbat plays so many minutes maybe they look to dole back his power play time a little bit but yeah i, I just think at the numbers he's been able to put up for a rookie 20 year old defenseman is just super super impressive yeah i think this is probably my favorite name on the list and his 79 shots actually has him top 50 among defensemen in shots on goal and that's kind of well playing protected minutes so as a 20 year old that's uh these are things we like to see on the dfo podcast and uh i think we can all agree that it's only going to increase and if you can get above the top 50 in shots on goal among defensemen that's uh that bodes well for you for fantasy so that's yeah sanderson in shooting just 2.5%, right? So there could yeah. be more goals in the second half. He, you know, if he gets that up around the, you know, average for D-man around 5%, uh, you know, obviously you're looking at him doubling his goal total so far, and he could, you know, end up scoring four or five goals here um, down the stretch. The last yeah, name on the list. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to take all it'll take is just as much as he had a cold stretch, just a little hot stretch could, yep. could turn him into a, uh, you, you know, almost a 10 goal scorer there. Um, but I, I don't think he'll give you that this year, but definitely a, a, a good trend. We like to see it doesn't hurt to see that. Doesn't hurt to shoot the puck. Jake Wallman shoot. Speaking of shooting the puck 5% over for the Red Wings, not really going to see a lot of power play time. He does occasionally see power play time on the second unit, but he's got um, just, you know, if you're in a league that counts blocked shots, uh, he's going to definitely contribute there. He is the absolute DFS defenseman darling. Uh, the shot volume is incredible. The block shots are incredible. He literally goes out and gets two, three, four shots with two, three, or four blocks every single night. It does not matter. He's playing up over 20 minutes a night on the top pair with Maritz Sider. Um, he's averaging around 2.8 shots per game, or averaging around like 2.8 block shots per game. Like it, the numbers are just so reliable, they're so consistent. So if you're playing a league with those counting stats, Jake Wallman needs to be picked up if he hasn't been already. Again, just five percent owned. Again, it's not going to see a ton of power play time. But Big old plus machine. He, yeah, he's playing with Marit Sider, and he saved Marit Sider. Like they got Ben Sherratt, that anchor away from Sider, and, and Wallman <laughs> has literally saved his ass. So Sider uh, had another. so yeah it's just been yeah and he's just uh, an absolute swag machine as well but anyways let's get to the goalies they are more exciting than talking about defensemen we are Mm -hmm. going to start with uko pekka lukanen of the buffalo sabers so this is kind of an interesting one uh because the sabers just elect to continue to carry three goalies for inexplicable reasons but the one thing that they've said is basically if lukanen is ready to go lukanen is going to be going he's 13 5 and 1 despite posting a 335 goals against average and an 897 save percentage, excuse me, he hasn't exactly been amazing, but he hasn't been terrible either. He's doing just enough to win games. 
Those numbers are a little bit misleading because he got off to a really rocky start. If you look just at his last 15 games, he's won 12 of those 15 games with a 909 save percentage. We all know this Buffalo Sabres team can score goals. They seem to be uh, fixing things a little bit defensively as well. And Lukanen is their best option between the pipes. So he's similar to like a goalie, like maybe like an Ilya Samsonov, uh, a Matt Murray, right? He doesn't need to be perfect. He just needs to not give up four and he's probably going to win the game. So uh, you want to hear something in. crazy, Brock? Shoot Buffalo it. leads the league in goals for per game right now. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like point they, zero one ahead of Boston. They score. They score like crazy. And like I said, you know, with with Samuelson healthy uh, again, he he missed tonight's game, but I, I don't know if he's going to be a long term or not. But um, with him back in the lineup, their their defense has definitely played a lot better as of late. And yeah, like winning twelve of of your last fifteen games is an impressive number, and it, it kind of baffles me that you've got a goalie who seems to be kind of locked into you know, the number one role, even if it maybe comes with less starts than a typical so number weird. one role uh, at 34%. I think it was starting to climb. And then he was like getting those paper transactions sent down. And like the average fan probably doesn't see that and really recognize exactly what's going on as it just being a paper transaction and then drops them. Right. So 34%, it's got to be higher than that. He's kind of like the new Philip Gustafson, right? He's not going to post the 930 that, that Gustafson posted, but Gustafson's ownership percentage has finally climbed to a point where we don't have to talk about him on every single episode. And if Lukanen continues to trend around 34%, we're going to be talking about him every yeah. single week. And Comrie's what one or two bad starts away from realistically being gone. He has an 884 save percentage. You can't keep that around for long when you've got other pieces, a uh, 23 year old and a 41 year old putting up almost a 20, 20 points higher save percentage. So. Yeah. He's got a shutout going through half a game tonight in Winnipeg stopped Ooh. all 14 shots. He's faced thus far. We'll see if he can hold on there, but yeah, yeah cool. um, I, I don't think Lukanen's going anywhere is the most important note. And if the yes. coach is saying he's our guy, I think he's going to be our guy. Anything to add on Lukanen D uh, no, just, I, you know, the coach speak is nice. It's everything you want to hear, but Craig Anderson's played really, really well this year. Yep. Um, I think it's a, like a nine sixteen save percentage in a year <laughs> yeah. where the average for the league is about nine Oh three, nine Oh four. So, uh, he's killing it. I, I totally yeah. understand not wanting to rely on the 41 year old and, uh, um, the workload, I think. Yeah. I, I think it just makes more sense for obviously for them to get UPL going, moving forward The Craig Anderson, obviously not the goalie of the future there. Um, so I get it, but I do think that, you know, as long as Anderson keeps playing, the way he is, he's still going to get a, a fair amount of starts. Um, Buffalo is a good team. I don't, you know, I, I think it's 12 team leagues. I'm absolutely in on, on Lucan and any, anything less than that. I'm probably shying away just because uh, from, you know, holding on to a long-term spot, just because I, I still think that Anderson's going to get a decent amount of games down the stretch. Uh, and I don't think it's really worth holding on to them. You know, they're going to be battling for a playoff spot. They're a good team. Um, but uh, yeah, a little bit too mediocre for me to, to, roster a goalie in anything under 12 team leagues that's only going to be getting uh, about half the starts maybe two-thirds of the starts the next name on the list here is anton forsberg the reason anton forsberg pops up is because cam talbot got injured on wednesday night at the moment they are saying uh no timeline for his return i don't really read into that as them saying he's out definitely he just needs to be reevaluated. Uh, and then they'll get a more definitive timetable on his return. But in the short term, Forsberg is a nice pickup to help you out between the pipes. He basically, they're, they're saying that he's going to start both games of their back-to-back uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, the, fr- the Friday game is in Toronto. You're probably going to not want to play him nope. there, but the Saturday game is against the Canadians on home ice. So you could probably, you know, start him with, with, with some confidence in that one. So, 
looking ahead to next next week, uh, they also have one game before the All-Star break as well, and it's in Montreal. So you could get back-to-back starts uh, from Forsberg against the Montreal Canadiens. Been a bit of a tale of two seasons here for Forsberg. In his last 14 starts, he's posted a 903 save percentage, uh, which certainly isn't you know something to write home about. It's much better, though, than what we saw from him in his first 10 games when he had 899 save percentage. For whatever reason, I you know as long as it's above 900, I can at least cope. If it's under 900, I start to get a little bit worried. But regardless... Um, you know, if you get those two starts ahead of the all-star break against the Montreal Canadiens, you could get some value out of Forsberg. Obviously he had a really, really nice run, uh, with the senators last season as well. So, you know, if you can, if you can rediscover his game a little bit, um, here and, and if Talbot ends up missing maybe an extended period of time, Forsberg could get a decent run here as the sense starter Biebs. Yeah, this is probably my favorite name on the list and, and more because if, Forsberg does play well. Cam Talbot hasn't done anything to steal that role if he does come back. Obviously, they've kind of been going a 50-50 split, but if this team is making a playoff push and Forsberg's playing and winning, um, I think he's a goalie who can make a huge difference on fantasy teams. We've kind of been waiting for someone. Um, you know, We had the, the Chekhovs earlier in the year who, who stole weeks for people. Um, we've had a couple different Toronto goalies who have stepped in, taken weeks. Uh, so that's not a great example. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, uh, I think Forsberg's a guy now that we could, we could actually see, um, step into a role and, and, and kind of become an, a number two goaltender on teams. As you mentioned, nine seventeen save percentage last year, obviously nine Oh one this year, but a guy who's been, had a nine Oh eight throughout his career. So if he could get back to nine Oh eight, I think that this team, you've mentioned it, the peripherals are there for them to do much better than they are. They're currently fifth in the NHL in shots per game while ranking 25th in goals per game. So those numbers have to come a lot close. They don't have to, but they likely will come a lot close to each other. And when they do, um, I like Forsberg. I, I, obviously we don't know much about Talbot's injury, but it just doesn't sound good for right now. So um, not to say much, but you said it, you got, this guy at least until after the all-star break so yeah now, i mean uh, getting two yeah. starts against the canadians is definitely a good place to start and then yeah. see where it goes from there right the unbeatable canadians yeah <laughs> the next next on the list is dan vladar 24 percent owned in calgary um i don't know if you guys know this but dan vladar has not lost in regulation since the end of november yeah um, 12 starts, he's 9-0-3 in those starts with a 9-0-3 save percentage. Jacob Markstrom, certainly a, a far uh, cry from the goalie we saw a season ago, but this Flames team is very, very good. They are an absolute met- metrics darling. They dominate games night in and night out. We talked about Backlund, Coleman, Mangiapane a bunch. That's not even mentioning their top two lines, uh, which have been quite good as well. So Vladar, you know, seems to be... be eating into Markstrom's workload at the very least. And I think, you know, it is, is probably not too far away from kind of being the number one guy. I, you know, I think this is similar to the flurry Gustafson situation where I never, I don't think we'll ever see it kind of completely go the other way. But at the end of the day, Vladar is still going to see um, a, a, enough starts on a very good hockey team to make a difference on your fantasy roster. So uh, the wins coming uh, a plenty for him, as I mentioned, nine in his last 12 D. You're the Phil Gustafson uh, truther. Vladar, obviously not quite the same numbers, but the wins are obviously great. Yeah, it's great. I, I just think that they want Markstrom to get right. Like, I don't think they want to go into a playoff series with Dan Vladar as the, as the backstop. They want him to be the backup. So um, I, it's great that he's getting the work, but he just hasn't been playing good enough to really just put mm-hmm. the conversation to bed or really take a stranglehold on the job, right? And we've seen this happen uh, already this year where he started, you know, four or five games in a row. Uh, wasn't playing great, but he was getting the wins. And then they still went back to Markstrom with uh, some real regularity. 
Um, because yeah, like he's really not outplaying him that much. Like Markstrom, yes, has been really bad this year with the 895, but Vladar has posted a 904. So um, it's not like he's been super reliable either. He's just, as you said, Brock, he's done a better job of, um, you know, not losing them the game as opposed to winning them the game. But they know that Markstrom, I, I would think, is, you know, it, they want him to be their guy. He had nine shutouts last year. So he's definitely a guy that can go out and win you the game. Um, still just 33 years old. So, you know, yes, he's on the wrong side of the goalie aging curve, but uh, I, I do think that he's definitely got a lot left in the tank. Uh, and I think, yeah, they're going to look to be getting back to him and, and getting him the starter. But in the meantime, like any time you can get Flodar into your lineup, uh, they're going to more likely than not be a favorite to win the game. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that he is a great bet and a great option to go to whenever he gets there. I'm just a little bit uh, skeptical whether or not he actually is able to take control of the of the job or even get, you know, a, a regular split um, like Gustafson has been able to. Yeah, just a glimpse into the Flames goaltending situation. Similar um, over the same timeline as Vladar. We talked about him starting 12 games over about that same time. Markstrom started 17, so still obviously in Markstrom's favor. Uh, but while, <laughs> while Vladar has not lost in regulation over that time, we've seen eight regulation losses and 11 losses in total uh, from Markstrom. Five, eight, and three over that stretch with a 900 save percentage. So the save percentage, pretty similar. Uh, the win record, for whatever reason, not going in Markstrom's favor. Uh, that includes losses to teams like Montreal twice, Columbus once, uh, so Chicago lost to some bad hockey clubs as well. So it's not like Vladar is just getting all the cushy matchups. So, um, yeah, whenever he gets a start, certainly somebody that needs to be in your lineup. Casey Smith is next. Tristan Jari injured again. DeSmith, though, man, I don't know what's going uh, on here. You want to uh, roster him because he's the looks like the starter on, on a Pittsburgh Penguins team that's quite good, but uh, it's been a struggle. It has been a struggle for Casey DeSmith. He has not played very, very well. Did you watch that late. shootout the other night? I didn't watch the shootout. I saw like that. I watched that game where he that's just gave saying, up the one with Florida. Yeah, like that game was insane. I didn't that watch the unreal. shootout itself, but no, um, that's what I meant. It was. Oh, did they win? actually? No, they won it in overtime. Actually, yeah, seven so six. It, yeah, yeah, it, it was wild. But over his last ten starts, he has an eight eighty three save percentage. Uh, not ideal. Obviously, he lost in a shootout uh, three to two tonight. He did stop forty three of forty five shots tonight, though. So maybe a sign of of better days ahead for Casey DeSmith. Obviously, a guy that's been pretty good. Um, in the past, D's boy. And uh, I think he can rediscover it. Like, you know, if Jari it misses an extended period of time, I think the Smith is the best name on this list still. It's just, it comes, I think, at a little bit more uh, concern. But like, I mean, if he becomes the bona fide starter on the best team on this list or one of the best teams on this list, then um, you have to at least trust him and, and hope it goes well. But obviously, you know, there's some cause for concern. The numbers haven't been great, but then again, all of a sudden he 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 pops something in like a 43 save performance like tonight. So um, that goaltender's in there. He's got that dog in there somewhere. It's just a matter if you can pull it off here. If Jari missed an extended period of time, D. Yeah, career 19 or 913 save percentage. So you know, I I like him to at least be a little bit more consistent here moving forward. Uh, and I just keep coming back to it. Goalies across the league have been pretty pretty bad this year. The save mm-hmm. percentage is uh, league wide save percentage is almost at a 20 year low. Um, like I said, about 904. So even like his 888 over the last stand, it, it looks bad and you know, it's not going to win you the week and it, it could cost you the same percentage categories, but um, yeah, it's really not taking much more than a 910 to, to get the category right now. So um, he doesn't need to get back too far. Like that is kind of the point I'm making. And uh, we obviously know wins are the driving stat and the one you want to chase when it comes to fantasy net miners, not only because, you know, they're the most reliable, but um yeah like an individual performance as we've seen here can fluctuate 
pretty heavily. But as long as he's getting the wins, like that's what that's what you're going after him for. And I totally agree. Like you're not you, you're picking him up off waivers, right? You're not. I'm not going up and giving up any sort of assets for him. If I have Yari and you know he's taken, I'll I'll probably look elsewhere because uh, there is some uncertainty. They could bring someone else in, but until that happens. Uh, if he's available and you know you're not dropping anyone crazy, like yeah, I, I would definitely make make room because, like you said, Brock, just having the Pittsburgh goalie uh, has to be uh, a win in the end. Yeah, top ten in both goals and shots for per game offensively, so that's great for him as well. Um, I, I think it's kind of a bonus that not a bonus to ever an injury for another player, but with Tristan Yari now having two injuries, I do think they're going to lean on to Smith a little bit more as the season goes on. And if you're a fantasy owner in your leagues, one of those ones where, you know, goalies are people have six of them on their team. Like myself, uh, just going to have D shake his head at me over there. Um, if you're in a league like that, then to Smith becomes quite valuable. Um, and I think at 18%, we're talking about a guy who realistically could take, even if it's 40% of the starts for Pittsburgh, a team that's going to make the playoffs. Um, that's should probably Decent. have a max on roster. I mentioned it, 913 career save percentage. Yeah, there definitely should be. Um, I blame the terrible goaltending this year and injuries and splits and everything. And the fa- I also pulled an grabbing Anton Forsberg mid-game last night as Talbert got hurt. And so I'm just I'm just big greasy fantasy ball. Just taking everybody, eh? Yeah. It is worth mentioning a little bit that the Pittsburgh Penguins have struggled um, a little bit since basically the middle of December. They, they have certainly not, back, been, not been the same team. They went on a six game losing streak. They've kind of been alternating wins and losses since. So uh, they definitely need to get back to health. Yeah. Getting Crystal Tang back is going to be a big boost. Uh, okay. The next two names, I, I think you're going to have to kind of take more of a wait and see approach. Uh, Kachekov from the hurricanes, obviously uh, if Frederick Anderson is going to miss time, he was hurt again last night. This is a guy that's been hurt a ton in, throughout his career throughout the last couple of years. Um, the Hurricanes GM uh, came out and said, or, or owner, I can't remember, one of the two, came out and said today um, that he is fine. The only update that we got, we got nothing from the team Was itself. That like, you know, when you tell yourself, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm going to be okay, I'm fine. <laughs> Was it that? Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, I, I think in the, in the short term, I'll probably go get Kachekov, right? Like, mm-hmm. go pick him up and just – if Anderson misses time, you've wasted a pickup for the week. But like, if Anderson ends up missing a period of time, obviously Kachakov's going to be great. So I would be going Goal to pick him too. up as soon as soon as possible. Um, and then if Anderson's actually fine, then you can just drop him again. No worries there. Kachekov, 10-4-5 on the season. 233 goals against average. 9-13 save percentage. Struggled a little bit in his most recent starts after being basically looking unbeatable there for a little bit. But, uh, you know, obviously... Still young, 23 years old, played very well in the AHL as well. So uh, a lot to like here if Anderson misses time. Do you said uh, you got something to add here quick on Kachekov? Uh, it's actually not on Kachekov, so that's why I was going to wave it off. But just a little uh, Victor Olofsson update. I, I think oh, we should score it again. Yeah. He did score. <laughs> Dylan Cousins took an elbow to the head, uh, left for the dressing room, hasn't come back. Uh, and on the ensuing power play from said elbow, uh, Victor Olofsson moved up to the top power play unit. Uh, and scored a goal. So I, I think we should uh, at least just add that context in. And at least in the short term, he would definitely get uh, bumped pretty severely up my list. Cause that's what I'm talking about. It needs to get on that top power play. Beads talked about how um, it's pretty full right now, but obviously an injury is one way to make that happen. So we love Dylan cousins. Hopefully it's nothing serious or long-term, but if it is uh, all of stock, definitely on the rise. It's funny. Cause I checked my phone too. 40. It's 40. 
and saw that Olsen scored. I wanted to have a breaking news alert, and then I forgot about it. So I gotcha. appreciate you bringing that back. Okay, the last name on the list, D or Beebs. I think you mentioned him a couple of weeks back, or, or I think maybe your second half yeah. breakout pick. Between yeah, the he was. Philip Grubauer, and, and he's played well. Uh, the biggest issue with Grubauer is just like whether or not he's actually going to get the opportunity to start a lot of games because Martin Jones uh, has played very well. But Philip Grubauer's three starts in the month of January, well. one, one, and one with a 934 save percentage. The Kraken continued to play very well. The Kraken are, are, are very, you know, solid defensively. Their offense has been humming along as well. Um, to me, I think that the Kraken are still a little bit of a fugazi. I'm not 100% sure that they are going to, you know, continue the way that they have been playing. But if they continue to get good goaltending from Grubauer, continue to get good goaltending uh, for Martin Jones, then I think, uh, you know, Grubauer could be uh, a good pickup. And I think obviously the uh, Seattle Kraken can be a, a playoff team. So um, B- D, I know you're going to talk about Grubauer a little bit here in a minute anyway. So I'll let you talk about him further on D streamers. So without any further ado, let's get to D streams. All righty then. So before we get to the tendies of the weekend, uh, as always, we're going to start looking out front, see how we can get some extra games into our lineup this weekend. Uh, as Brock alluded to, the weekend schedule a bit busier, um, mostly just tomorrow night, a Friday night. So to, you know, tonight when you guys are listening to this show, uh, definitely seeing a bit of a crunch here as we lead up to the All-Star break. There's eight games tomorrow, which is very busy for a Friday slate, 11 on Saturday, uh, but then just two on Sunday. So you might have a full lineup Friday, but with eight games, you know, there's a good chance you'll still have at least one spot to stream. Uh, So we are going to take a quick look at the two teams going Friday and Sunday this weekend. Uh, They are the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Carolina Hurricanes. The Leafs are uh, hosting the Senators on Friday, and then the Capitals come to town on Sunday. So obviously you're not finding any part of the Leafs core four on your waiver wire. There is an off chance that Bunting may be available. Michael Bunting, 67% owned. Uh, If he is, obviously he'd be the top option here. Continues to play top line minutes with Matthews and one of either Marner or Nylander, uh, currently Marner. Uh, while also playing power play two time and getting some looks on the top unit whenever the Leafs go with the five forward look. So I have seen Bunting get dropped in some standard leagues lately. Uh, so if he's out there, he makes a great pickup this weekend. Otherwise, though, we're really just looking at Carly Yarncroke. Uh, Callie, that is 14% owned. Uh, he carries triple position eligibility, which should make him easy to fit on on Friday's busier slate. Does not see a ton of ice time. Uh, which makes sense. There's only so much to go around in that top six, but he's been a consistent producer on the second line with Tavares uh, and currently Nylander. Worst case, Marner. Obviously, we're fine. Whoever ends up slotting in on the right wing there. Um, playing around just 13 minutes a night, that is the downside, but he offers elite quality of line mates and gets some secondary power play time as well. He's got three points in his last five games. I'd say he's a decent bet to at least get you one extra point this weekend. Uh, and then deeper leagues, or if you're a very desperate person, uh, Pierre Engvall, 1% owned, could be worth a dart throw. Yeah. Uh, see similar ice time to Croak, also on the second power play unit, but is stuck playing with Kerford and Kampf at 5v5. He's got nine goals and eight assists in 47 games this season. Nothing to write home about. We're definitely scraping the bottom of the barrel, but there is at least some goal upside there. He's got an off chance uh, to get you a goal this weekend. Uh, thankfully, the Hurricanes, much less top-heavy team, have a few quality streaming options to offer us this weekend. They'll be taking on the Sharks at home Friday, which is a great matchup, before hosting the Bruins on Sunday, which is a terrible matchup. Um, but we'll take the volume over this, you know, um, especially on the on the lighter slate on Sunday. Uh, loyal listeners of the show should not be surprised that Brock's boy, Seth Jarvis, 
27% owned is my top recommendation this weekend. I uh, still skating on the top line with Aho and Teravinen while also getting some time on the second power play unit. He's averaging 16 minutes and three shots a game over his last 12 contests while picking up over six point or six points over that span. So not a slam dunk. There really aren't any this weekend. I'm sorry, but he should be able to return uh, at least one point this weekend with a little bit of upside. Uh, so we'll take that for sure. If he's unavailable, we can consider Jordan Stahl, another one of Brock's boys. Uh, I'll say late career Jordan Stahl, just center eligible. <laughs> so you might have trouble fitting him in on Friday, given the, the size of the slate. But he continues to be one of the most underrated play drivers in the league at 5v5. Sees more ice than people realize as their third center. Uh, he's got 12 goals, 9 assists, and 45 games this season. Similar to Yarn Croak, I would say, and that he's a decent bet to pick up at least one point this weekend. Uh, and his production tends to skew towards goal scoring these days, which is uh, would be a really nice bonus. So, And then in deep leagues, you can take a look at Stefan Nesson. Nesson or Nosson? Nesson. Something like that. Okay. I'm pretty, com- pretty confident. N. Pretty confident Stephen about Stefan Nesson. <laughs> Okay, Neshin. Uh Plays fourth-line minutes at 5v5. He's carved himself out a role alongside Aho and Tara Vinen on the quote-unquote second unit. Uh, to me, I'll, I would rather be on the one that... It got Aho first unit yesterday time, so it's kind of... It's just kind of 1A, 1B, those two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. 22 points in 43 games this season, so not a lot of upside, but again, another decent bet to add at least one point to your tally this weekend and a power play point, too, if you get any premiums on that in your league. Breaking news, it is actually Nation... So I was right about the shin, uh, but it's Stefan Nation, according to Hockey Reference, which never, doesn't get it right or doesn't get we it wrong. We love that here he's at Nation Network. Yeah, so. at the Nation Network, he's now our favorite player. <laughs> uh, so if I'm ranking the one, the options under 30%, like I said, obviously Bunting's there. That's the one I'm going. But talking the guys under 30, I would go Jarvis, Yarncroke, Stahl, Nation, uh, and then Pierre Engvall in the deepest and most desperate of leagues. Uh, and then moving to the attendees, we do have a lot of back-to-backs again this weekend, nine teams in total. So again, we're not going to roll through them all. The majority are either facing some difficult matchups or you just won't be able to find either of the team's tendy on the wire. Think Boston. Uh, but there are three backup tendies that should be worthy of a pickup this weekend. Um, one, just to mention Anton Forsberg, I'm not going to go into it anymore because we've already talked about it. I actually like him a little bit less this weekend now that Talbot is hurt. Uh, because obviously it was lining up for Talbot to get the Leafs on Friday and then Forsberg arrested Forsberg to get the Habs on Saturday. I know you said he's going to get both games. Most likely Brock don't love that. The Habs are rested. Don't love the idea of any goalie playing two games in two nights. Um, so that's a lot riskier than it, than it looked when I was first drafting this before Talbot got hurt. So I definitely don't love him as much. Like I said, it's, it's, it's nice that he's, you know, got the starting role, but in terms of this weekend, I'd rather him be rested for that Habs game. And I'd rather him just not participate at all in Friday's game against the Leafs. So uh, very fair. Yeah. So I don't love him as much anymore this weekend. I still think he's a solid option moving forward. Anytime you can get a starting goalie on a team that uh, drives play the way the Sens do. It, it's a decent bet. But yeah, this weekend, unfortunately, to me, it makes the matchup look uh, a little bit worse for him. Probably caps his upside a little bit and, and certainly makes it just that much riskier. He'll still be a decent bet to pick up the win, even, you know, second in as many nights against the rusted or rested Montreal team, but uh, a lot more risk to your splits than uh, it otherwise would have carried. Um, and next, we're going to take a good long look at the crack and Seattle will be hosting the Flames on Friday before the Blue Jackets visit on Saturday. So yeah, we're talking about Philip Grubauer here as well. Uh, 11% on, as we said earlier, he's been playing really well of late 934 save percentage across his last three starts. The problem is so is Martin Jones, uh, which obviously continues to limit his playing time. Uh, but that's why we love back to backs. He's got to get a game this weekend. Grubauer 
Conventional wisdom obviously suggests the Kraken will go with Jones in the more difficult and first of the two matchups against the Flames on Friday, which leaves the lowly Blue Jackets for Grubauer. And uh, the Blue Jackets will also be on the tail end of a back-to-back Saturday, which is awesome. We don't even have to worry about fatigue as a factor here for the Kraken. Uh, and then Grubauer will definitely be ranked somewhere between our top five to ten starts on the slate. So he's a terrific option this weekend, even on the busy Saturday slate. Uh, and then finally, good streaming segment, never complete without a little dip in a Sin City. The Golden Knights <laughs> are doing the New, uh, the New York swing this weekend, facing the Rangers in NYC before taking on the Islanders on Long Island Saturday. So again, coach, uh, conventional coaching wisdom here means we should expect to see Logan Thompson in net for the first game against the Rangers, leaving Aiden Hill just 16% owned to get the Isles Saturday. Again, it's a busy slate, so you might, you might already have a couple of strong options, but there is a lot of back-to-backs, like we said. So there's going to be a lot of starters getting rested. Uh, and a lot of backups getting some less than ideal matchups. Hill will be getting a solid one here against the Isles, who will also be on the tail end of a back-to-back. Again, so we don't got to worry about Vegas uh, being fatigued at all in that game. They're dealing with the same thing that the Islanders will be there. Uh, and Hill should not be a huge threat to your splits either. The Isles are 21st in the league in shots per game. Hill's been solid, been called upon this year. A couple of poor recent uh, performances, has a save percentage down to 905. Uh, which again, league average, nothing to scoff at, scoff at, excuse me, for a backup tendy. Uh, and he's got a 10-4-1 record on the year to show for it. So I would go Grubauer as my top option this weekend. I think that's a great matchup. Uh, and then I would go Aiden Hill as my second option against the Islanders, bumping Forsberg down to three, just because, like I said, I don't love the idea of him playing two games in two nights. There you have it. These streamers, as always, fantasy hockey gold. And we make you wait to the end of the episode this week because, yeah. You got to get through it to get to D's streamers. Switch things up on people. Anyways, thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in to the DFO Fantasy Podcast. We'll be back next week for a fun little all-star edition of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. Always a fun one. So when we... Uh, yeah, always a good time. Next week, we'll, we'll be talking about the all-star game, which is always uh, an exciting, exciting one. They've got some... Super fun games lined up this week. It should be absolutely electric. So anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy an absolutely terrific slate of weekend hockey. Busy Friday, busy Saturday, and you can veg on the couch all day Sunday watching the NFL playoffs. So enjoy the weekend. We'll see you guys back here next week. Go pick up some of these waiver wires, win your league, enjoy these streamers. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.